Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Freeform Podcast. My name is Fernando and I'm joined today with my guest Chris, who will be discussing why there's been a rise in hate crimes towards Asian people. How are you doing, Chris? Do you want to give us a quick introduction about yourself and why you're interested in discussing this topic? You're right, Fernando. How's it going? Uh, I'm Chris. I'm 22 years old and I'm currently doing biology masters at UCL. Uh, I've been passionate about talking about this subject because I am half English slash Malaysian. I also think in today's society, it's a, like a fun, it's fundamental to try and like solve like systemic systemic problems that are rooted in today's society. And I think like tackling racial inequalities is one of those problems. Yeah, because I always see you sharing stuff like this. So I thought you'd have an interesting perspective on this. Like I've seen a lot of people share and post uh, on their stories on Instagram about this uh, topic. For example, at the Asian Youth on Instagram um, shared that anti-Asian hate crimes are up 1,900% since the start of COVID in America. And it's literally a horrifying statistic. But even here in the UK, uh, hate crimes have risen 300%. So this is important for us to share and provide our thoughts and perspectives from myself, who's Chinese, and Chris, who's half Malaysian, having both grown up in the UK as well. And also, in light of the recent shootings in an Asian-owned business based in Atlanta in the US, which killed eight people, six of which were Asian women, we thought that we needed to voice our opinions on Asian hate crime. And this is sort of the second time recording this episode because we wanted to do it justice. To start off, what does racial hate crime involve, Chris? Racial hate crime, I think, can like, expand from everyday microaggressions, whether that be stereotypes or biased discrimination towards acts of hate crime, i.e. Um, verbal violence, physical violence, etc. You shared that shocking statistic that Asian hate crime in the US had risen by like 1,900%, which is absolutely astonishing. And like even in the UK, it's increased by 300%. And I think that's probably even outdated as we speak now. Uh, and I think it's just become so much more prevalent in the media or just even on like social media. I've seen like so many uh, posts on Facebook or heard in the news. For example, in Southampton Uni, there was an attack on an Asian lecturer. And yeah, it's, I think it's definitely just become a lot more widespread uh, currently. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Like, I think racism was so normalized uh, when we were in primary and secondary school that I think we just got used to it. And so as a minority, if someone's racist to you, you can't really do much apart from distancing yourself from them. And if it happens too frequently, it's too much hassle to report it. So you just like live with live with it. Um, but like examples I can think of are Asian American owned businesses being avoided to customers denied service and it gets even worse for example toddlers being stabbed in grocery stores a woman having acid thrown at her individuals being assaulted and recently people haven't been killed as well but what are your thoughts on all of this that's going on why is there so much hate and why is it so extreme chris oh that's a big question fernando a very big question Uh, i think there's always been hate crime in the uk towards asian people or other ethnic minorities such as like simple microaggressions or stereotypes. However, it's definitely been worsened and exaggerated by the pandemic. I think coronavirus has been given a face and that face is Asian people. And this has caused such an increase in like Sinophobia. And what Sinophobia is, is like anti-Chinese sentiment, such as like hatred, fear of China or those people and like the spread of Chinese people and culture. And I think that increase in Sinophobia 
in the public has yeah caused that big increase in asian hate crime yeah i completely agree and it's it's like that idea of fear and the unknown isn't it it's like the us versus them mentality because when you have someone to blame you yourself don't have to take any responsibility and i think that that's such a bad way to think because like asian people are also dealing with the same problems so attacking us is not going to solve anything at all is it people make these like racial stereotypical judgments etc but actually what they forget is chinese culture has also been the backbone of britain in the sense of how britain has emphasized itself as being like a multi-nation country and that has brought a lot of benefits to the uk like if you look back in like colonialization or in sugarcane like sugarcane production like coffee plantations etc but even in today's society i think there was like 1095 british chinese takeaways in the uk like every time you get uh, like a chinese takeaway you're technically like sharing this like culture like we're sharing our culture with you yet like you still continue to put blame and like racially hate us it's quite i don't know like a quite big slap in the face i think i think a lot has changed since the pandemic and i think it mainly is just having someone to blame um because there's i mean there's a lot of chinese propaganda going on um for example when trump na- labeled the virus a chinese virus which specifically targeted chinese people um like showing that china's this like evil empire and like i was saying about the fear of the unknown uh, when people don't do their own research then they will believe everything they hear in the news and i'm not trying to get too political but i think it's just important to have a balanced viewpoint of everything you hear because it might not be it might or might not be true um, and it's just important to do your own research yeah definitely i mean in terms of like news and media i think they've definitely shoved the rhetoric down people's faces of like the chinese virus and like kung flu and even if it is subconscious i think the media like inflicts fear upon people yeah i also think asian stereotypes have been personified during the pandemic like sarah owen who's the first asian like mp said that like asians are dehumanized to the extent that we're all the same like we all eat live animals as well as somehow being part of global conspiracy and this kind of resonates with ideas of like phrase called yellow peril like have you heard of it Fernando? uh no i've not what is it it's basically like a metaphor to like describe asian people as being like really dirty having like really bad eating habits i think it's quite disrespectful because just because someone's culture or someone's culinary cuisine cuisine doesn't align with like western eating habits it's therefore like perceived as being dirty or unclean and I think that can also be spoken for other like uh, ethnic minority groups. Yeah, so I remember you talking about the um, the comparison between butchers markets and wet markets. Um, do you want to explain a little bit about that? Oh yeah, I was. So when we spoke last time about it, I was saying how a lot of Western people perceive like wet markets to be like really clean and undirty, or like oh they're just selling live exotic animals, and this is what was really like fueled the pandemic however i think people don't culturally recognize that wet markets are just the same as any other supermarket you find in the uk and just like any other supermarket you get in the uk 
some are like obviously quite clean and whatnot and like some are quite dirty but take for example like Iceland selling like selling beef burgers that had horse meat in them that did not have the same reception as for example these like dirty wet markets which are perceived as being like unclean or the, the spread of coronavirus but I think they're two these two culturally very different things but just because because western people perceive this like foreign supermarket as like unclean or the spread of the coronavirus then it obviously has like an image being held from western people yeah and i guess it goes back to like people not liking what's not the same as them or like people disliking things that are different to them um because yeah it's seen as like weird and not the norm um but it's a complete different culture and i think it's like important for people to i guess understand different cultures and how people from like different countries different ethnicities actually live because then you'll be able to be more open-minded to um, these wet markets for example or other cultural norms that aren't normal in the west Mm, yeah definitely oh also like another one was like eating habits oh we kind of said it before but just like our eating habits are like centralized around the west and like what the west thinks like i'm not going around going to up in like scotland being like oh like why are these scottish people eating haggis do you know what i mean there i think like people shouldn't make that judgment about other people's eating habits it's quite actually it's unjust yeah how so how does this all make you feel then oh that makes me feel like quite a mix of emotions to be honest i think previously i've been like quite subverted to like responding to racism i've had it in the past where i have received maybe some kind of like racial comment and not directly like verbal violence or whatnot but it will be like a stereotypical like undertone and in the past i've never really known like how to deal with it or or really like how to mention it like it's made me feel quite uncomfortable but i don't think i've verbally like said something but now i think I'm at the point where like I feel like quite embracing of my Asian culture and heritage. And in light of everything that's happened, it's made me want to kind of create a bigger space for myself to stand up and to have a platform and to be like, no, actually check what you said, like, you know, like what made you say that comment or like, you know, because a lot of the time people don't necessarily think they're racist, but I think subconsciously, like you are you are prone to be to have racial biases like we all are all prone to have those microaggressions but however it's like if they if they happen or if they occur in your everyday life then it's like how do you respond to that and let the other person know and I think I'm at that stage where like I want to create that platform and voice to be able to say what you can and can't say about my race and culture and I guess what is that platform then for you that platform for me I guess a lot of it has been on social media, but directly like talking to people if they've said something and it's made me feel uncomfortable, that's been like a reference to like my race or culture. Yeah. And I know you said about like people being racist to you in terms of um, saying like stereotypical things, but how can you sort of tell the difference between someone who's trying to mock you? or be racist to you versus someone who's just genuinely interested about your culture? I think you can normally you can normally tell with like subtleties if if they're trying to mock your culture or actually like generally interested to find out. I found like normally 
my mates and people I talk to, like I'm very more, much more receptive if they ask about my culture. And I think you can generally get an impression on someone's response if they're being like culturally insensitive or or if they're just like curious to find out a bit more. I think on the other hand, if it was like a stranger or like someone that random, I could perceive that as like being being a bit more direct and maybe like a bit more like I don't know, like taken aback and a bit ajar by it. Yeah. I think for me, the difference is when someone's like genuinely interested, they almost seem more engaged when they talk to you. Whereas people who are, I guess, trying to be racist, you can feel that on a subconscious level. But yeah, no, like, like I said before, racism has been so normalized. And I guess for me, I've been sort of desensitized to uh, different forms of racism. So when I actually heard about all of these racial hate crimes, I wasn't really too phased by it because I thought it was just standard, just standard, like minorities get hate all the time and it's just like, you just have to live with it. But then I guess more recently, I think it's gotten so out of control and I don't know, for me, I've just gotten very emotionally charged about this topic because I mean, hearing about the um, Southampton lecturer or Uni of Southampton lecturer who was assaulted, just literally jogging. I mean, that's just scary because, I mean, he lives close to where I where we live. And so I like if something like that happened to my family or my Asian friends, I don't know what I'd do because there's this sort of like helpless feeling I get when I hear all this shit happening that's out of my control because it's not like we can act any differently because if we're good or bad, we still have the same problem. Like, what do you think? Yeah, man, I'm, I I think it's like just dehumanising to hear, to be honest, especially like in Southampton, where we're both from. Yeah, it resonates like a slight fear or just a slight anger. And yeah, again, it's like that sense of like being a bit debilitated, like what can we do as a community? Because I think like historically, like we've never really been given like the limelight, have we? If you look back at Hollywood and the film industry, I think that Asian culture has been like totally whitewashed. Like, for example, look at, like, The Legend of Aang, like, a sick cartoon on Nickelodeon. However, like, when it got produced as a film, it got casted by, like, a white cast. And so I said that point just because I wanted to highlight the lack of Asian representation in our society and kind of feeding that back to your point about increasing, like, Asian hate crime. I think that's also been, like, a big increase because... We haven't had a voice. We haven't been given that platform. And I think that's what we're struggling with right now because we're both angry, both upset, and we feel like, what can we do? And like, we need a platform to be able to, to be able to like share our grief and mourn and to unite. Yeah, and I remember talking to one of my mates about this and because essentially with everything else that's gone on, for example, the um, death of Sarah Everand, um, and all the Black Lives Matter protests, I didn't feel that what we had to say or what was happening to us as an Asian community was that important because all of these other causes are very worthwhile, very important. And I just didn't feel like, like I didn't know whether to talk about it. And she essentially said it's like a, it's like an oppression Olympics to see who's having it the worst. But in actual fact, like we're all getting shit from all of this so it's like uh, how do we all move forward um and i like yeah i completely agree with what you said about 
Asian people having more of a voice because there's, I mean, if you think about it, there's not actually that many sort of sports people, celebrities, movie stars, singers who are Asian who have a big platform in the West. And so you don't really hear much about standing up for Asian hate crime. I mean, you do, you still do. Like everyone's shows their solidarity. Don't get me wrong. But I think it, I don't know, for me, it means so much more if it came from someone who was Asian, who was big in the West, um, really spreading that awareness because I feel like they would have the power to do that. But I guess in the meantime, like we can, all we can do is try to share it from our experiences, for example, in this podcast. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely agree. I think also there's been an invisibility of Asian communities because culturally, I think we've been conditioned to not retaliate against racism. I don't know what, what you think and like what your experience has been on that. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember I, I said last time that um, it's like my parents always taught me to like, keep my head down, avoid saying anything that's too um, controversial and avoid doing things that might uh, get you in trouble. And while that's uh, very true, because if you do go out of line, then yeah, you can really get in trouble. I think just like not doing anything is not an option anymore. It, imagine like, I don't, I'm just going to talk about Asian people because that's why I know. Imagine like Asian immigrants fled their country to live a better life. And this is what they get, like constant paranoia and fear of being attacked for literally no reason but the way we look. And it's just disgusting because like, I don't know, it, it's very inhumane because we have been trying to be good citizens to the Western society, like working hard, contributing to the economy. And to get this is, it is, it is heartbreaking to see Asian people getting attacked and killed for no reason other than being blamed for the virus because of the way we look. Yeah, it's difficult. It's just like you said before, we don't, none of us like know the answers. So it's how do we move forward from here, really? How do we make this conversation something a bit bigger? I think it's important to start these conversations with your mates, especially your white mates. If they are not like culturally aware to some things, and a lot of the time, people just need that conversation. I completely agree with you. Like, um, so you know everything that happened with uh, Sarah Everand and all of the um, issues that women were having, obviously walking in the dark at night alone. Um, that definitely opened up a lot of conversation and exposing rape culture. And I think I've definitely seen a lot more activism against that, which is so, so good because conversations like this is very taboo and it's not, I mean, it's not the most exciting or like happy topics. They're very, very morbid, but it's so important to really understand different people's experiences because we're all going through stuff. And if no one really talks about this, like it's just going to happen forever, like perpetually. And like, as an Asian community, I think we need to talk about our experiences more. Like it, you might not think that it's as important as a women's rights or Black Lives Matter movement, but I think it's still important as Asian people. I think it's still important to voice your opinion, like experiences. Like if you're going through stuff, if you're experiencing hate crime, like you need to spread that out because no one's gonna. I mean, no one's gonna know. Do you know what I mean? Like if you report it to the police, like what are they realistically going to do? They're just going to say, for example, the police officer um, in the Atlanta shooting said the shooter was literally having a bad day. Like what kind of, what kind of excuse is that? Like you don't go shoot up people when you have a bad day. Like I don't, 
I don't shoot up white people if I have a bad day. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, oh mate, it's it's aggravating, man. It's aggravating. Um, but I think yeah, it, it's just important to speak up. Yeah, that whole handling from the like, Atlanta police was essentially like systemically racist. Um, there was some stuff that like, I shared on my social media, like shouldn't stop Asian hate we should stop white terrorism because that's what it is and I think we need to label it like loud and clear what it is and then following your point of what you were saying about injustice for other communities I think like overall justice is like a fabric that has threads from all other communities and so in order to achieve the same goals like we have to work together for example the issue with like issue with like misogyny at the moment you could say could also particularly affect Asian women because of that the increased fetishization that Asian women have to experience in Western society. There were some really good um, examples on social media about the betrayal of Asian women uh, seen throughout the century. But what I was trying to say with that point is that all these different communities are facing the same systemic problems like these problems are deep rooted in society. And the only way to change that is to actually change, like systemically change the structure of how things have been organized. I think one of the ways to do that is like putting increasing accountability. And I think that also needs to come from the white community to increase accountability of actions that have been perpetrated by a lot of white cisgendered like men and and yeah i think one of the sort of solutions uh, from the case of sarah everard was to educate your male children or educate your sons as opposed to victimizing a woman and yeah i completely agree with that because it, you have to to stop a disease you have to kill it at the root you can't just remove the symptoms because it keeps on spreading unless you eliminate the root. That can be applied to Asian hate crime as well. Like, if you see like your mates or anyone being racist, like you have to tell them to to stop. I mean, you have to tell them to like not not be racist. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just being aware, like hyper aware now of everything that's going on, what you are saying, and how you are saying it, and who you're saying it to. And I know it's a free country where you have free speech and stuff, but I think there's certain things that, when said, are definitely out of line. Um, and that's just not okay. Like, we need to try to eliminate, not el- like racism will never be eliminated, but try to reduce the paranoia that Asian people feel literally when they leave the house. Because, like, as Asian people, as Asian people who've grown up in the UK, I don't feel close enough to my home country to really integrate there. Like I feel British, but I physically look Chinese. So to tell us to go back to where we came from is difficult because where we are from is Britain, but where we are ethnically from is Asia. So it's like, I don't know, it's just a clash of identity for us as well as just like a helplessness that we can't really do anything um, but talk about our experiences. Yeah, definitely, man. I think... I think as you're what you were saying and not feeling that you could integrate like we none of us could integrate back into our like quotation marks like own country or like our motherland but I think this is like creating like a greater disconnect between like Asian identity and like belonging in the UK 
if we're like continually shoved and pushed around, put in these brackets, put in these boxes, then this also doesn't create a home or it creates a hostile environment for us. One of the solutions from an individual level is to try and like challenge your thought processes and try and challenge your like mentality. Like what made you think that, oh, this Asian person in the store has like coronavirus or whatnot? Like what made you think that like our eating habits are like disgusting? I think by challenging those thoughts on an individual level, you can start to break down your own biases that you may have and that you may have been predisposed to. And also racism a new concept racism a new thing and neither is racism there is literally like a plethora of resources online that you can use and these aren't to say that like once you've read or listened to these podcasts you are then like anti-racist but then to start your journey on how to implement like anti-racist behaviors in your life and therefore you'll be able to outreach that onto other people and I just wanted to echo what you said about really questioning our thoughts and beliefs, because I think as a child, you absorb everything around you, like everything, in your environment, all of the beliefs that maybe Asian people are act like this, maybe they are like that, maybe you're supposed to act like this, like you accumulate that over time. And so I think the job when you're an adult is to question everything, like ask yourself, is this way of thinking beneficial or harmful to myself and other people? And I think the more you ask these questions, the more you'd be able to be open-minded and curious about different cultures. Because I think for me personally, like when I started asking why, why, is, why are things like this? Why is this the way it is? You start to really understand how the world actually works, but you also gain this open-mindedness to engage and um, be curious about different cultures and I really wanted to echo that because I think that's very important and that will influence you to maybe stop your friends from hating on certain races or inflicting hate crime on certain races and it also forces you to take action towards what you think is right and I mean that is just I think that's how we sort of adapt and evolve and live together um, fairly peacefully or integrate well like we're never going to be peaceful we're never going to agree on everything but it's just important for everyone to be open-minded about these kinds of things but i just wanted to ask like what kind of resources do you have chris um, or just like good instagram accounts to follow if people want to sort of learn more about this or um, gain more understanding great question fernando I've come across a couple of Instagram accounts that help raise awareness of Asian culture and identity and also the increase in Sinophobia. So if you check out End the Virus of Racism, it's essentially an organisation that highlights a lack of charities or third sector organisations that promote Asian culture and heritage, whether that be companies being discriminatory towards Asian people or highlighting disparities in today's society. I also came across like a Guardian podcast, so better watch out, Fernando. <laughs> um, <laughs> Got competition. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, why has there been a rise in anti-Asian hate crime in the US? 
And although it covers like the US, it's not really UK centric, I still think it highlights the general concepts and ideas of why there's been an increase in Asian hate crime. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to add to that as well. Um, I found a, a few good ones. Uh, so like three Instagram pages that I currently follow um, are at Resonate Voices, at Dear Asian Youth, and at Dear Asian Youth London uh, for sort of UK posts. Um, but they're sort of ones I've been sort of keeping an eye on. I mean, I don't, things I don't like to read this too much um, just because you feel a certain way once you hear like all of the actual hate crime that's going on. But I think it is so important to really be hyper aware of everything that's going on just because it ingrains the idea that you need to take action, not just passively read all of this, listen to this podcast or passively yeah, watch TV or YouTube about these topics. But taking action is actually what's important. Um, I'm not saying you have to go take action now. I'm just saying whenever you see situations where you think there is hate crime or where you think there is action that needs to be taken, then you should actually take that action. And also important to talk to your Asian friends and ask them if they're okay um, in these times, because I think people don't really like to express like problems like this, but I think it's so important to have these conversations with your Asian friends as well. And then finally, just, yeah, support your local Asian community, like order from restaurants and takeaways, as well as just, yes, trying your best to just stand up to Asian hate crime and any hate crime, to be fair, um, or any uh, moral issue. And I hope by speaking up and spreading awareness that we can actually make a big impact and start to impact the Asian community as well in a positive way, just like what's going on with the female equality movements and the BLM movements. But yeah, it's been a great chat with you, Chris. Is there anything you'd like to say before we finish? I think one of the final points I want to say is that race is a social construct and the example of the coronavirus pandemic and the increase of Asian hate crime is a really prime example of how we have constructed fear and hate in our society towards Asian people, which is what's caused this increase in Sinophobia. And then, as I said before, but I'll say it again, because I think it's a really important message just to question your thought processes and beliefs, to ask yourself what makes you think the way you do, because one of the ways that we can make systemic change is by changing your individual thoughts and processes. And that's it. Bang, drop the mic. Now it's good. Um, but yeah, no, great, great conversation, Chris. And I'll see you guys later. Take care. Thanks a lot for listening to another episode of the Freeform Podcast. Give it a follow and review if you liked it. And also follow the Freeform Podcast Instagram and TikTok account at Freeform Podcast. And I'll catch you in the next one. Peace.